Look away now, Spurs fans. Jack Pitbrook writes more than 50% of strikers bought in January don't score for their club. This is Friday's The Athletic Transfer Daily. I'm Caroline Barker and coming up, how do you solve a problem left by Harry Kane's hamstring? We've London covered with Dom Fifield. We'll try and answer some of your questions from hashtag transfer daily and find out what really goes on between the manager, the player and the fax machine. Loads of insight then on who's going where this week to come, including a chat in a car park with one of the Athletic's finest, but straight to the horse's mouth first up. Huddersfield Town Manager Danny Cowley joins us. Hiya, Danny. Hello, Caroline. How are you? I'm all right. What, what about you? Have you got me on one phone and five agents on the other? It's pretty busy, yeah. You, as a football manager, you kind of have a busy Christmas schedule where we've just come off the back of five games in 14 days and then straight into a January transfer window. So, yeah, it's been been 100 miles per hour, but it's been a good busy for sure. And for you and, and for Nicky, your brother, this is uh, the first experience of a championship January transfer window. How's it been different? Well, um, it's been a bit more expensive. Um, and, <laughs> and no, it's, um, it's it's been good. We've um, been at the club now nearly 100 days. It's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind. But we're, we're pleased to get to the January transfer window. We're, we're looking to try to, to add to the squad if we can and, and complement the, the good players and the good people that we already have at the club. Um, it's, a, it's a very important window because we're in, a, we're in a difficult moment as a football club. And if we can, can add three or four um, of the right, the right signings, then that will certainly help us for the challenges to come. I'm, I'm expecting you to hang up on me right now, but uh, Emil Smith Rowe, we've seen Mikel Arteta talk about him going. Is that done? Is that happening from Arsenal? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a straight bat here, but but no, we're we're very close to getting one or two players into the building. We're we're hoping that it's it's hours rather than rather than days because I know our our supporters like. Uh, all supporters of any football club are, are desperate for, for new signings. And, um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to, to give them some good news and put some smiles on the Huddersfield Town supporters' faces in the, in, in, in the coming hours. Well, you should see the number of smiley emojis linked to that name and, and you guys being linked to him. You're not going to tell me straight on that. I understand it might be done by the time people listen to this. But a player of that, let's be hypothetical, a player of that, that quality, what, what does he add? Or what would a player like that add to your team? Well, I think for, for us, um, first and foremost, we, we've got total clarity in terms of the, the positions that we would like to add, add in, in, in the squad, the profiles of the players. But as much as that, it's important that we get the, the right characters. So the, 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 the right characters, we, 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 we need determination, we need desire, we need um, a real resilience. Um, so they're the qualities that we, we, we look for in, in players. We we we've been lucky enough in the 13 seasons that I've been a manager to to be in, be in many good dressing rooms and those dressing rooms always have those qualities within them. I think they always have a, have an alignment and a, and a commitment to the calls. So if you can get players that have these qualities, then they naturally have a chemistry and, a, and, and can build a relationship pretty quickly because they they have similar values and and that in itself can be can be very important and very powerful and and then obviously at, at this level if you can add add that little je ne sais quoi and that bit of quality 
um, then then that 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 is that is a very important component as well. And we're hopeful, like we said, that we can we would like to bring in a, a centre half and 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 a left back. Um, we'd also then like to try to affect the top end of the pitch and a and a creative player that could that could link our play would would certainly benefit us. Um, and then if if we can get that done and, and maybe add, add add a number seven as well, then then I think that that would be a really really good window for us. But we're we're respectful of of where we're at. We're respectful that it's January. It's a, it's it's a very tough window. Um, we've got to be really intelligent with the business that we do um, because for us it's always about the football club. It's always about the sustainability of the football club and. Um, I think the work that we would like to do is to try to help us to our first objective, which is is to get to 50 points and, and, and retain our status in this division. Big game on that front coming up this weekend. Before we talk about that, though, God, all, all those years, how different is it from when you were on the, the touchline at Concord trying to bring a player in to now? Is, is it worlds apart? Yeah, I think it is different. Obviously, with... We wouldn't change our um, our pathway for the world, you know. To 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 managing eight of the top nine divisions has been a wonderful experience, and I think as a, as a result of that experience, we've taken a lot lot of learning that has allowed us to get to this place. Um, it is very different in terms of recruitment at this at this level. Obviously, the numbers that you're speaking about are are very different to to when I started at Concord Rangers. My my first budget there would have been would have been £800 is what we started with. And that was everybody, management, physios, players, everybody would, would have been would have been in, in that £800 a week budget. Nicky would have played for me in that budget. He, he actually took £120 <laughs> of that budget at that time. So he was expensive. Um, he, he, did, he did score 27 goals from midfield that year. So I, I suppose his say it was worth it. But, um, but no, so it's, um, yeah, it, it, the, the numbers are certainly different. Uh, are different um, as, a, as a consequence of that then naturally being full time the due diligence that you do and the background work that you do um, before you make a signing is is absolutely crucial because the, the amount of money that we're talking about is is huge and I don't think you can ever eliminate the risk but what I do think you can do is minimalize the risk and if you have real clarity over the, the profile of players that you want to bring in, have real clarity over the type of people that you want to bring in, then the next stage is to try to identify those those people. And we've you know we've we've been lucky to bring two of our recruitment analysts from, from Lincoln City um, with us to Huddersfield and they've been they 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 do some fantastic work. We um I think always with, with recruitment you've always got to firstly understand your own performance. So you've got to be able to have a clear understanding of your own team's performance, um, where your areas of strengths are, where your areas for improvement are, how you win football matches, what what are the important ingredients. And then once once you get an understanding of that, then you can you can you can get clarity over the, the, the type of players that you, you would like to add. We know this that, that recruitment is at least eighty if not ninety percent of the job. So when you know that, you have to make sure that you allocate the rele- relevant time to it. Is it important that you talk about characters and good people? So is it as much about you picking up the phone or seeing them face to face and judging someone like that? I think so. I think you always want to see the 
players live. You know, we have some wonderful resources around us at this level in terms of being able to use um, Scout and Instat and these type of um, software packages which allow us to watch the players and be able to see their whole careers unfold. But it can be like watching watching football through a letterbox and it doesn't always tell you the full the full score in the and the complete picture. So there's nothing better for, for us than going than going out to see the players live. We always like to watch them live. We we always like to meet them in person and make sure that you've got that human connection because if you can't if you can't find that connection then you're never going to be able to get the best out of each other. And and ultimately that's what you're what 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 you want to try to do in a in a manager and player relationship. So um I think that I think that the that, that this is very important and you know we we use a statistical model here which analyzes all of our own performance and that gives us a real clear understanding of how our players perform game in game out and training session in training session out and then what we can also do with this model is we use it with our recruitment so we can almost analyze players pick the players up in other teams and put them into our our statistical model and try to gain an understanding of how they would perform with the complement of players that we already have at our disposal. I remember, Danny, one night chatting to you, your mum, your dad, and you and your brother about your mum getting the non-league directory every Christmas and the, your parents being scouts for you too. How much of that goes on now? Well, we, we, we our house is a, is a football household and we all, we all love football. Mum and dad come to, to all of our games and um, have given us brilliant support. We would, we would never be in the positions we are we are currently in without without their the unbelievable support that they've given us. Um, and and yeah, my my mum would always she loved she used to love the Concord Rangers program. And I'd always say to her mum, it's the same every week, but she would always read it back to front. And she um we would often sit down on a Sunday Sunday lunch and. It would, the the conversation would quickly turn to football, and you know, there's lots of players, and uh, and she um she has a very good understanding and understanding of football, and obviously she would have followed my dad when my dad played, and my dad then was a was a coach as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's we're a football family, and we love the game, and uh, yeah, we 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 always pull on all our resources for sure. Maybe I'll ring her and ask her about Emil Smith Rowe. Uh, no, I won't. You're right. <laughs> right. She she's often ringing me. She she always wants the inside information. So, um, yeah, no, no different <laughs> from you. She's always she always wants to know what's happening, and and uh, she gets really excited when we sign good players. So so hopefully off of the off of the back of this weekend, she she she'll be excited for, for for what is to come. She's always proud of you, Barnsley. Then away this weekend. Shall I throw the cliched six-pointer at it? You're both very different teams now, aren't you, to, to clearly what was going on during the summer? Yeah, I, I, I think so. We, we obviously played maybe maybe 60 days ago um, and, and had a really tough match against them then. Since then, they've got a, got a new manager. They're, um, they're, in, a, they're in, a, in a good moment, probably their best moment in, in their season. They're playing with a real energy and a real intensity. They press the ball very, very aggressively. They play... With a real, real purpose in possession, so we, we, we know how tough the game is going to be. We're taking somewhere close to five thousand supporters ourselves, which is a, a huge effort from the from the Huddersfield Town supporters. You know, when you consider that it's been a difficult season and a difficult period for the Huddersfield Town supporters, the fact that we go in that in those numbers is is really positive for for the future. And we're 
we're just working hard day in day out relentlessly just to try to produce a football team that that they can they, that they can be proud of and that 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 is our our overall ambition well you can do without me taking up your time uh, get off the phone to me go sort another agent out and and Danny good luck good luck this weekend and good luck with the rest of the transfer window thanks for coming on pleasure lovely to speak to you Thanks to Danny Cowley for joining us on the Athletic Transfer Daily. Right, has the January transfer window really got going yet? I'm a big fan of Mohamedou Far heading from Enfield to Bolton this week. That was a key signing. Also, Swansea City signing Chelsea's 19-year-old defender Mark Gray on loan until the end of the season, linking up with his Old England under-17 boss Steve Cooper. But we're off to focus on London next on the Athletic Transfer Daily. And here's a couple of bits of news we've tracked down from around the country first. Hi there, it's Adam Leventhal here. Just a quick update from Watford for you. Uh, By the way, you can check out my latest piece on Roberto Pereira, who has said that he wants to leave in the summer. And although he's not going anywhere during this window, I've learned today that I think the club would like to try and bring in a backup winger to help support Delefeu and Saar. Also, a reminder about defensive reinforcements. I understand they'll only strengthen if it's a genuine upgrade as far as centre-backs are concerned for Cabaselli or Cathcart. They're comfortable with the full-backs at the moment and they will recall Ben Wilmot if need be from Swansea. Hi, Burnley correspondent Andy Jones here. The Athletic reported on Wednesday that Aston Villa wanted to sign Jay Rodriguez. That comes after striker Wesley was ruled out for the rest of the season. Sources told The Athletic that Rodriguez was a player Dean Smith had identified as someone he thought could come in and fill that void. The understanding is the player is, is happy and settled after returning to his hometown club this summer. The players received plenty of praise from Sean Dyche uh, this season and the Burnley manager said he'd heard nothing uh, about a potential departure in his press conference yesterday. In terms of incomings, it looks like it will be a quiet window at the moment for Burnley, but they are monitoring the markets for players who fit into their specific set of circumstances. Hi guys, yes, yeah, so the latest um, transfer update from Manchester United is that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer flew to Portugal on Sunday um, along with uh, Mike Phelan, his assistant, to uh, watch the game Sporting Lisbon against Porto and that's just the day after uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers um, in the FA Cup and obviously the subject of their attention uh, we believe is Bruno Fernandes who has been linked with United numerous times uh, last summer but I think the fact that you've got Solskjaer and Phelan sort of out watching him is interesting. Another um, sort of name that, that has been floating about this month is Kai Havertz, the Bayer Leverkusen midfielder. Um, now my colleague uh, Rafa Honigstein has done uh, a really good piece on him previously on the Athletics so it's well worth having a look at that on how his season developed. He had a really great season last season, perhaps dipped a little bit this season and the 100 million euro price tag that Leverkusen have put on his head, uh, as, as reported Rafa, um, might be dissuading United from acting now. Um, potentially, it could be one for the summer. And there's another couple of names when I mean, we've mentioned Grealish and Madison before. Donny van der Beek has, has, has come into the um, sort of equation in, in reports. I'm led to believe that he is lower down United's list. And then just finally, small update on Chris Smalling. There's no recall clause in his loan. Uh, to Roma, so we won't be seeing him back at United this season despite the injury troubles that they're having. Hashtag transfer daily then for your questions to our reporters up and down the country. Now, we could focus on some misery. Wolves fans, thank you for getting in touch about Patrick Catroni leaving. Uh, but where's the fun in that? None, just misery. So instead, we'll turn to the much less complicated subject of Crystal Palace and their injury crisis. Harry Kane, his injury crisis. Tottenham fans crying up and down the country. Don Fifield joins us to focus on London Wheeling's 
and dealings from a car park, Dom. Are you doing a Harry Redknapp? Is your currently at the moment your window <laughs> down looking for Harry Kane lookalikes and replacements? My my window is currently up. Uh, I'll, I'll put it down if you like, but it may interfere with the old sound quality. So I'll probably keep it keep it up if that's okay. Only you. do that if you're about to announce uh, or talk to a new Tottenham signing. Who are they bringing in then to replace Kane? Well, the, the latest shout seems to be Piatek at, uh, at Milan still. Um, about £28 million pounds would, would be the price. And, and there have been talks between the clubs. Uh, he's a player that was highly rated when he was at Genoa. Um, and and it really hasn't quite worked out, as it doesn't for a lot of players at Milan. Um, it hasn't for a lot of players at Milan of late. Um, he, he, look, he's, he's, he's available, effectively. And for that sort of price, OK, you're buying potential still. But you'd imagine that that would be an appealing price, even for Daniel Levy. The, the, the problem, I guess, would be to convince that Piatek that, that once Harry Kane is fit mm. um, from April time, that he will remain uh, in with a good chance of first team football. But I can see that deal happening in Venice. There have other clubs have been sniffing around him, and we've heard that Villa have had an interest in him. But I mean, I, that that's more of a price that is appealing to Tottenham Hotspur, I imagine, than, than Aston Villa, who are obviously fighting for their, their survival at the wrong end of the table. Yeah, and in in Jack's piece when he was talking about the fact that, that over fifty percent of clubs who sign a striker don't get what they want from them, uh, it is it's a tricky old business to try and do it to keep you up. You can see the desperation in that. Pieta and others have got in touch asking about Pietek and and how likely that that is. Serious rumours around him, so maybe that'll move on. Let's move to to Crystal Palace then. This morning, talk of uh, two potential loans for them. Yeah, like I'm I'm outside Palace's training ground at the moment, and I'm actually I'm expecting Cenk Tosin to to arrive imminently to have his medical um, ahead of a low move from Everton. Um, it's very much a stopgap signing, really. I, I suspect there will be a, the, the option to purchase come the summer, but I'd be surprised unless he does remarkable things in what remains of the of the season. I'd be surprised if Palace took it took him up on that, but. He does fill a hole. Palace have got so many injuries. They've, been, they've wanted the striker since the summer. They, they failed in the market in the summer to bring somebody in. Uh, Benteke hasn't scored this season, is currently injured. Uh, they've, they've lent heavily on Jordan Ayew uh, through the middle. But, you know, I think when we see Cenk Tossum joining, it's likely to be the prelude to Connor Wickham going out on loan elsewhere. A few championship clubs have been sniffing around him. Um, I think that Palace will will try and buy another striker as well in, in this window. If they get these two loans in, the other one being Carl Walker-Peters from, from Tottenham, who would ease some of the pressure on their Palace at fullback, where, they're, again, they're unbelievably short in numbers, um, then Palace would have to, 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 to buy a, another striker from domestically. It wouldn't surprise me if, come the end of the window, they've managed to prize Mishi Batshuayi away from Chelsea again, and this time on a permanent basis. But a lot of things would have to happen first. Chiefly, Chelsea would need to sign one, possibly two strikers uh, to to replace both Batshuayi and Olivier Giroud. That's the problem, isn't it? Join the queue, particularly when it comes to strikers. Uh, Tommy's got in touch asking you, will this be a typical Palace window where all transfers happen in the last few days? There's kind of no getting around that, is there? No, not not for those ones where, as you say, things have to be lined up and everything has to fall into place. That the loans can be done early, and that will ease the immediate uh, pressures on on Roy Hodgson 
Hodgson's squad and, and give him options for, for games even this weekend. I mean, there's a good chance that Cenk Tosin will be involved in some capacity against Arsenal on Saturday lunchtime. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters would, would come in and potentially challenge for a place at Manchester City all being well the following week. But but you're right. With, with, with these ones where you're reliant on other clubs bringing in replacements uh, or you know better players as far as they're concerned, you have to wait until all these ducks are aligned and then, and then eventually you, you get your man. And, and I, that's why so many deals happen late. Um, you know, the other thing is that I, I suspect Mitchie Batchwais, okay, okay, he's had some pretty miserable form since he scored the winner for Chelsea at, at Ajax, but I suspect he's still backing himself to make an impression for Frank Lampard. If he gets 10, 15 minutes, you know, against Burnley this weekend or, or, or the following week in the FA Cup, they, 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 they he will hope that he can still convince Frank Lampard he has a future at Chelsea. And, you know, Palliser would have to, to convince him to, to swap that for a regular first-team football at Sellers Park. Ultimately, I'd still hedge my bets that that will happen, that, 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 that Batshuayi will realise that he is a bit of a spare part at Stamford Bridge, and it might be better for him and, and for all parties, in fact, to have a fresh start in familiar surroundings where he spent last a period last season on loan. But a lot of other deals have to fall into place first. On that point, Arthur talks about Fulham signing Cavalera so early, having had the loan, then making it permanent, and, and how that benefits a club. Can, can that then open up spaces for, for who the club are looking at further down the line, for new loan players? It can do, but, but Cavalero always, he joined on loan with a view to a permanent. And, and if that it was going to take place in, in January or, or the summer, I mean, I guess it may come down to which financial year you want that outlay to go into as well. There, there are loads of different factors that, that might influence when, when the club pursues that permanent deal. Fulham are on the lookout for players. I've been linked with Daniel Amati at, uh, at Leicester City. Um, I, I would be surprised if they strengthened in forward areas much more because they they have arguably the best strike force in that division. I mean, I suppose Brentford might challenge them in terms of forward numbers, but it's it's more sort of defensively that, that they've been lacking as ever. And, and you know, if Scott Parker has got money to, to, to play with or, or a bit of leeway in the loan market, then players like Almata, he can fill in in a number of positions defensively primarily, would be attractive to you're him. You're sounding like your own accountant now with too much on the financial year. So we'll, we'll do some quick ones to <laughs> rattle through. It, financial year end, I mean, at what stage does it make sense to bring in Fellaini to West Ham? Moyes reunited, is that going to happen, do you think? I'd be amazed. I, I, Brilliant, I can see though, the attraction. <laughs> well, yeah, back back in the Premier League, his hair. We've missed it, haven't we, let's be honest. But uh, I, I, again, I'd... I think that would send out the wrong message. I think David Moyes has to be a bit careful with that. He he knows that there are a certain amount of uh, of that fan base that are sceptical about his his appointment and uh, the style of football that maybe he unfairly he's been associated with. And I think bringing in Fellaini would send out the wrong messages. Um, I, I think it's far more likely that, that West Ham striker a deal for, say, Gerson Fernandez from Benfica for, I think, 18 months has been mooted with a view to a to a permanent after that. And, and that's the type of signing that I think would be welcomed at, at, at West Ham and see whether he settles. But again, there'll be there'll be other suitors out there for Fernandez. So it's it's a matter of just, you know, get striking the best deal for the player and convincing him that this is where he wants his future to and be. And Dom, before we... We let you go then. Let's complete that that circle. What about former Celtic striker Moussa Dembele to Spurs? 
Well, he's at Lyon now. Um, he's he uh, he's 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 done quite well at Lyon, and it has a lot of suitors over there. Um, I mean, Chelsea have been linked heavily with him as well. He has experience of the Premier League, which makes him attractive. He's he's been at Fulham. He was schooled at Fulham. So a move back to London it, it would suit him in some ways. But but Lyon are difficult to deal with. Uh, they're still in the Champions League. They're having a miserable season domestically, but they're still in the Champions League, and the, that's a, maybe something that he wants to pursue with them. I just think that ultimately money tends to talk, and if if Chelsea or Spurs really really push it, that Leon will sell. They 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 sell at a premium. They're, they're shrewd in the market. Jean Jean Michel Olas is is one of the best negotiators out there. He's on a par with Daniel Levy for some of the fees that he brings into to that club. If I had to put if I had to suggest which club, London club, that Dembele would end up at, I'd suggest it would be Chelsea, more likely than than Spurs, and that maybe Spurs pursue Piatek instead uh, as a, as an option. They may well be in the market for other strikers, um, and again, it may be one of those ones where they 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 wait and see where the market lies in the last week and who has strengthened and who has got bodies at a surplus just to cover that short term uh, loss of, of of Harry Kane. But Piatek as a permanent to Spurs would. would suit all parties I think and then Dembele interesting Chelsea I'd keep an eye on that one as well for the rest of the window well the circle's nearly complete you're not nearly able to put your window back up but before we let you go debunk one final thing for us Alex who's uh, an Arsenal fan says is living in London a big positive for players when they're deciding between transfers or is that a myth made up by football fans stroke us in the media uh, I've added that bit <laughs> it's not made up by fans in the media if you talk to clubs um even the smaller London clubs feel as if they have an advantage when they're recruiting from abroad because they have the the, the London is an attractive option for players. Um, it might work against them in terms of the money they have to pay because obviously the cost of living in London is 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 more than other parts in the country. Um, but I guess at, at that level, if you're talking about paying a, a player 100 grand a week instead of 80 grand a week. You know, it's neither here nor there in, in the grand scheme of things. But it's definitely, it definitely works, and they they use it as a selling point when they go into the market. They 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 tell players abroad and recruitment departments try and convince them that actually you'd be living in London, particularly those players in France. Uh, if, if those players have 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 grown up around Paris, you're two hours away from Paris on the train if you live in London, and and. They, they, they tell them that and it does work. Dom, go enjoy uh, Cenk Tosson's medical. No doubt you will. And uh, we will speak to you again soon. At Dom Fifield for the latest from Dom. Take care. All the best. Now, don't tell him, but while he had his elbow out the window, the news came through that the Tosson deal was done. On loan to Palace until the end of the season. According to Palace chairman Steve Parrish, this is to bolster the squad as they push for a top half Premier League finish. A couple of other things for you in the last few hours. Frank Lampard's been speaking, says there won't be any imminent transfer news at Chelsea. While Newcastle boss Steve Bruce has reiterated this window will be difficult. If there's something available and we can act and there's a deal to be done, he says, then we'll try to do it. So essentially, at the moment, nothing doing. Remember the transfer tracker on The Athletic for all the latest. And if you've subscribed to us, you can have a scroll back and listen through to the last five days. We've gone in depth on Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester City, much, much more too with Jackie and Adam. That's on The Athletic Transfer Daily. We are hanging around on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast feed for the month. And if you want full access to all of the articles on The Athletic, so you can find out, of course, how your new transfer 
is not going to work via Jack Pitt Brook, you can subscribe for a 40% discount by using the promo code UKPOD. That's UKPOD. Jackie's back Monday with a fresh batch of gossip and myths about who's going where debunked. Until then, bye for now. Thank you.